Okay, so it's the end of the year again. I swear it was yesterday. I was writing down what happened over 2018. Time looking backwards can feel so fast, but don't you feel like time like looking forward just crawls, right? All right, so I usually put three things down on a piece of paper that I'm proud of doing and three things that I hope no one finds out. Hey, hey, you are listening to the Because I Can Life podcast, where we believe we can decide our own income, choose happiness, kick fear in the teeth, and never, ever stop. Why? Because we can. I'm your host, Allison J. Prince, and I went from being a junior high science teacher to building four online multi-million dollar businesses with four kids at my feet. Each week, I'm bringing you real conversations that have led me, as well as other experts, to step into our dream online business lifestyle so that you can get the answers you need to craft your Because I Can Life as well. Take that first step and commit now to your Because I Can Life by downloading your free personal bundle at allisonjprince.com forward slash bundle. Welcome to today's podcast and what a holiday it has been. I think the big thing that happened that will go down in the history of holidayness is that We, Jared and I, we made our kids cry. Yeah, the all out, blown out, ugly cry, every single one of them. And in fact, I may have joined in a little bit on it too, but this breakdown wasn't because they didn't get the gifts they wanted. It's because they got the thing they really, really wanted. Now, you may know that for the past six months, we have been living in Puerto Rico and we've been telling our kids that we couldn't go back for Utah for Christmas because we moved in June knowing that we had to spend a specific number of days on the island for something called the Act 20, Act 22. I don't want to dive into that. You can Google it if you want to, but we're required to live here 183 days to qualify, which is fine because we plan on being here for more. But because I travel a bit, my numbers were cutting it so close in 2019. So This last fall, I decided to forgo a business event trip, which honestly was probably a really big mistake for my business, but I knew it was going to be a huge win for my family if I could save those days and use them for a trip back to Utah. But I was keeping that last part a secret. And one of the reasons why I wanted to do this is because it's going to be our last Christmas as an entire family for a while. Michaela will be leaving late spring to serve an 18-month mission for our church and wanted to make this Christmas one that they will always remember. And what better way to do it than a surprise trip back to Utah for their Christmas gift? So for months and months, Jared and I have been telling the kids that we were celebrating Christmas here on the island because we didn't have enough days to go back. And their little lips would quiver. Have you ever had something so grand that you wanted to give someone, but it was so hard to keep it a secret? Yeah, this was totally it. So Christmas Eve's Eve, we hurried around, secretly packed their bags. And can I tell you how hard it is to pack a picky teenager's suitcase? Oh my goodness. We threw, we hid all the suitcases in the back of the car. 
We woke them up at 5 a.m. on Christmas morning to catch our flight that was going to leave at 7. We sat them down on the couch to tell them the news. And I'll tell you what, ugly cries. Ugly cries were happening. We wiped nose, cleared tears, and headed out the door to be home with friends and family for the holidays. It was sweet. It's one they'll never forget, nor will I. I think that tops all the gifts we've ever given. The gift of friends and family. Such a fun, fun time. Okay, so it's the end of the year again. I swear it was yesterday I was writing down what happened over 2018. Time looking backwards can feel so fast, but don't you feel like time like looking forward just crawls, right? All right, so I usually put three things down on a piece of paper that I'm proud of doing and three things that I hope no one finds out. And I try and figure out the lessons that I was supposed to learn from him. This is so hard for me to do. It's easy to point out other people's mistakes, right? But pointing out your own, then telling the world, I'll tell you what, that is a hard pill to swallow. But I do it every year because it leaves me more focused for the upcoming year. So I'll be talking about the things that I want to hide and still want to stay hidden And this podcast will either leave you to believe it's a hot mess or you may come out really inspired, but I'm willing to take the risk and hoping for the latter. Learning from my lessons so you can skip the mistakes. This is the intention of this podcast. Now, I hope you take the time to do this too. Do you remember VHS tapes, the ones we got from Blockbuster? video and there was a big bold sticker on it that said please be kind rewind yeah i think that's engraved in our brains forever and i still think we should do this but not on vhs tapes but a rewind on our own lives by taking a minute to be kind to ourselves and rewind on the past we get to see just how far we've actually come sure maybe You've got in your head, oh, last year was such a failure because I didn't get to my million dollars. Or maybe it's, I didn't even open up my store last year. But if you stop and you look back and see the things that you've actually done, you'll see the hurdles and the successes that you've accomplished. And it helps us to be kind to ourselves because you know what? We've been through some really hard stuff over the last year, and we've been able to step it up and become stronger. Now, I have a five-part template about how to do this. I'm going to give it to you right here. Number one, you're going to write down where you were a year ago. Feel free to cheat and look at your photos on your phone because it totally helps you remember. The second thing, write down the things that make you sick looking back on. Yes, the embarrassing things you don't want anyone to know about. What are the things that you wish you could do over again? Now, don't dwell on that for a long time because that can be a pit of darkness, right? Just go fast through that section. Then number three, write down the good. Write down the things that you are super proud that you accomplished. Now, I understand this may be really hard because it kind of feels like you're bragging. Well, you want to know how I got over that part so that it didn't feel like a brag? I write it down knowing that God gave these things, these successes, 
these experiences, and I need to let him know how grateful I am for what I received, because I know I didn't do any of this without him. And when I have that in my head, it's easier for me to write it out. Number four, go back through the six things, the good and the bad, and you're going to write a lesson learned from each of the three items. So three lessons learned from the good and three lessons learned from the bad. And then the fifth thing is you are going to pick out a word of the year that you are going to live by. And I will talk about that and give you some examples that just might help you get inspired for your word of the year. Now, notice how I start on the bad, talk about the bad first, and then go into the good, because why not leave out on a good note, right? Looking over all of this just might surprise you at the rock star you get to stare at each day in the mirror, because you get to see who you have become today. So let me start with number one. I was living in Kaysville, Utah. I was sitting in my office, looking out the window, watching all the trash cans in the street get blown over one by one. It was creating almost these mini trash tornadoes. And I look over and I notice Jared is in an all out dead sprint. He's in his snow boots. He's in his coat and he's wearing shorts as he's running down the street trying to get our trash cans from blowing over. And I was sitting in my warm office, grateful that he was out there taking one for the team. Now, this is such a huge contrast today living in Puerto Rico in a nice 87 degree weather where our trash cans are actually built into the ground. So all we have to do is worry about leaving the lids open during a rainstorm and they fill with water. Jared is still wearing shorts, but no coats are needed out here. Okay, so now on to the second one, diving into the bad things. All right, here I go. Number one, we moved 3,139 miles away to a new land. Now, as I talk about this, you may feel like I'm contradicting myself, but hold tight because I've actually put this in the good and the bad section, and I'll explain why. Okay, now I know moving was our decision, but have you ever found that making decisions on your own can actually be the hardest part? It would have been a lot easier if a boss would have told me to move. So if it went bad, I could blame it on them, right? It's so much easier to blame someone else than take our own responsibility. And we've had some bad moments and the only one that I can blame is me. And then I feel like it stings even worse because Jared and I were the ones that made this decision. But I do realize that no matter who's telling you to move, you or your boss, it is hard to move. It creates tension, frustration, and anxiety on lots of levels with everyone as they adjust to this new place. At two weeks, everyone broke down and cried. We built it back up. And then at six weeks, we broke down and cried again. And I felt like I couldn't show my sadness. I felt like I had to be the strong one for everyone as they adjusted. And I constantly felt like I was feeling short. But long story short, we're homesick. But we're learning that it's okay to feel that way. It's not that we don't love Puerto Rico, but change can be difficult to navigate with a family of six and just trying to find the new normal in the chaos of moving 
is hard. We miss Target. And oh, don't even get me started on Chick-fil-A. We miss streets without huge potholes. And we miss listening to Taylor Swift playing in the background at Walgreens. We miss knowing where all the light switches are in the house. Yes, six months, and we still can't get the dang light switches right. And I can disprove right now that habits can take more than 30 days. And I can disprove right now that building a habit in 30 days is a load of nothingness. Every day, Jared and I go to one wall in our bedroom to turn out the light, and the light switch isn't there. It's on another wall. I don't know how long it's going to take us to break that habit. But if you notice what I'm talking about, this stuff can happen anywhere you move, right? The next city over or the next country over, light switches will always be different. Your favorite shops restaurants, they change. And homesick can happen from only a one block move. And I was recently listening to a podcast uh, where President Obama was saying that a home isn't where you are, it's who you're with. And I know I've heard that so many times, but this time it just really stood out to me. So the lesson learned here is Jared is home. My kids are home. And I really can find home anywhere in the world when I'm with them. All right, the second bad thing, I realized that I was hoarding and I call this my hoarder's head. So I watched my first episode of House Hoarders. Yes, you know that show that's been around forever. I somehow landed on that show about a half a decade late. As I was sitting there watching the piles of clothes, decorations, or whatever these people had been collecting, I was beginning to relate. Now, if you know me, I'm more of a minimalist. So I don't mean hoarding of stuff, but hoarding of information in my head, the piles of learning this and the piles of learning that, and then having to relearn because I had forgot what I had already learned. And you may know that feeling of like hopping into YouTube University and starting out by learning how to grow your Instagram. Like that's what you want to do is learn how to grow your Instagram account. And then two hours later, you're realizing that you're watching videos on the secret places in Disneyland and you don't even have a trip to Disneyland planned this year. Then you refocus and go down all the things, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, stories, TikToks, because it's learning and it feels like you're moving forward. Well, I fell into this trap. I was staying up late, getting up too early, binge watching YouTube for all the things that I thought I needed to know. And it left me going in circles. I was Googling all the things which led me to the next thing and the next thing and the next thing and realizing I had spent a big part of my time actually moving the needle in my business, but just searching for the needle and then realizing I didn't even need that needle. Now, this is hard for me to admit because I talk a lot with my students about stopping the chaos, but I got caught up in it and I'm pretty good at blocking out things and focusing, but it wasn't until I watched this episode that it dawned on me that I was falling into the hoarder's head trap. I had to step back, look at my priorities about actually what was getting results. Was it me watching one more episode on how to grow my YouTube account? Or was it me investing into one person who was the expert and then going deep? 
So I actually have two lessons learned from this one. Number one is stop trying to do it all. I needed to stop thinking that I wanted to be like Gary Vaynerchuk and be on all the platforms all the time, nonstop. This was never my intention to be famous. My intention is getting more results for me and my students and not the numbers. And then lesson number two, stop going down the rabbit hole of service learning. I needed to keep investing in experts that go deep as I learn from them and not just a little bit from all the YouTube snippets out there. I just needed to stop and to focus on the experts of the things that I truly wanted to learn that would actually move the needle and dive into that and quiet everything else. All right, the third thing. I worry too much about my weight, my shape, how I look in clothes, and what part of me is the new squishy thing. Being in a swimsuit here more in Puerto Rico has left me really close and personal with my thighs. I know. I don't usually talk about body image because it's not the topic at hand, but it's there floating around in my noggin. I started making a note each time I was critical about my body and holy schmoly, I realized that it was a lot of time. Now, I'm not saying this to get, oh, Allison, you're so whatever comments. You know, you've seen people post that on social media just to get a boost of confidence from others. I'm not doing that. I'm saying this because I decided to take notes of my thoughts and body image was a big chunk of the equation and needed to fix that. I can only imagine if I could turn even half of those thoughts into something productive. That alone would get me back a ton of my headspace. And have you ever thought about how many times you think of a thought? Yeah. It's kind of cool and scary that we are able to do that, right? So the lesson learned here was thinking about what I'm thinking about. And if I can direct my thoughts from something like negative body image into just about anything else, I could probably change a heck of a lot more lives. All right, now on to the good. The first one, we moved 3,139 miles away from home. Do you feel like you heard this before? (laughs) Yeah, because... I put it in the good and bad this year. So part of it was because it felt so good to get rid of the stuff that accumulates from living in a house for years, just random stuff like stuffed animals. I swear stuffed animals reproduce under our kids' bed. You get them one and six months later, there are 10 that show up. Now, I don't buy a lot as I'm learning that I'm more of a a minimalist in things, but It's something my grandparents who went through the Great Depression taught me to not waste. Like, don't waste tinfoil and wash your baggies. And yes, wrapping paper is non-essential. But stuff just shows up. When grandma and grandpa lived, they lived in a generation where there was nothing. So that was one of their battles. And I think we live in a generation of stuff and a lot of stuff. And that is one of our battles. So cleaning out the house when we moved, like a good clean was so liberating for me. I felt like I'd lost a ton of weight off my shoulders because the less stuff I have, 
It's less stuff I have to pick up and put away. And living in Puerto Rico, when the majority of stuff can't be shipped here, it feels good. And then living on an island where stuff is expensive to get shipped here, we don't buy as much stuff. And so there's less stuff to take care of and it actually feels pretty darn good. Then Puerto Rico, I love it here. We've had such a good adventure. I feel like we live in Jurassic Park, but the dinosaurs are huge iguanas and they don't attack. And we live in 87 degree weather year round with a beach that's like three minutes from the house. We've met some of the most beautiful people and are so grateful that we've been accepted from the food truck stand who the workers there have been helping us order as we try to order in Spanish, which I'll tell you what, thank you, Taco Bell. We know Taco Bell Spanish. Yo quiero taco. Uh, That one just rolled off our tongues. (laughs) To the hairdresser who's learning more about how to deal with my thin hair. We have had such an adventure. I feel like we've grown really tight as a family because our kids just for a long time, they didn't have friends. They couldn't just go out and play with friends. They learned to play with each other more. They learned to help each other through some of the hard times. And that for me is such a huge win. All right. The second thing was I threw my first event where two days before I sat crying in the car, thinking of all the reasons I could cancel the event because I was scared to death. If you followed my journey, you know that stage fright has been a battle for me. And I've been known to create small tremors on stage. So hosting an event where I stood in front of 300 people wasn't exactly an easy task for me. I remember coming home from the warehouse the late afternoon after my staff had told me to come home and I had to pull over because I was doing the ugly cry thing and I couldn't see to drive. After a bit, I went into the house to find Jared with his arms open, and he let me cry it all out and reminded me of just what I was feeling. I truly, truly believe that Satan himself does everything in his power to throw us off before we do something that will change our lives. He fills our head with self-doubt, insecurities, fear, anxiety, overwhelm all the tools that he's been perfecting for thousands and thousands of years to get people to stay stuck. And then if you're about to change other people's lives, oh boy, he brings out his minions and they go full force on you. I knew this event was going to change lives. I've been prepping for it for a long time and was bringing in world-class speakers from across the country. The tickets sold out in a matter of hours when I released them. So I know people are chomping at the bit. When I decided to build a course around teaching people how to get started in their business to get their first $100,000, I just didn't want the education part of it. You can get that almost anywhere, right? I wanted to build a community, something I wish I would have had when I got started, where I could ask questions if I got stuck, where I could have a place to celebrate my wins. Because you know what? Telling other people about your wins can be really hard to do. If you don't sell very much, they're like, really, that's all you sold? And they don't see all the back work that you did, what you had to go through to prep it, to make it happen. Then when you go big and you knock it out of the park, it totally sounds like you're bragging. 
And so you hold it in. And I honestly think that's another one of Satan's tools is not celebrating the small things because it's those things that help you build your confidence to do the next scary, unknown, unfamiliar step that's going to help you get closer to your dreams. I stood on a stage at that event and introduced my mastermind program called the Insiders and had 70 people sign up from that. It's something that I wanted to start for a while. It's for helping people to get where they are to their first million. It's more access to me and additional coaching. It's a program that I set up that made me want to buy it. It's that good. And I've gotten to know these business owners well to hear their struggles and want to help them succeed. It's been closed since March and have been building a waiting list and I'll open it up again sometime soon. So the lesson learned here is the more freaked out you are, the bigger your success is going to be. Then the third good thing is that I realized I don't like to feel busy. (laughs) I like to be busy, but I don't like to fill it. And I'll do an episode that dives into that a little bit more, but being busy and feeling busy are completely different things. And I am learning the difference between the two and it feels good. So the lesson learned here is be busy. Don't feel busy. So all the good and the bad helps bring me to the fifth step in the good, bad template. And that is choosing a word of the year. 2019, my word was simplify. And I went from running eight businesses to three. I sold the majority of them. And now I can focus on the because I can life family, howdoesshe.com and my pillows company. Then we threw out so much stuff when we moved and I simplified like my wardrobe and my life. And I'm pretty proud of that. It felt so good in 2019 to keep remembering to simplify, to stop making everything so complicated and to just simplify, which helped me to pick my word for 2020. And it's going to be to focus on the less to get more results. So less dash more is the word of the year. I squished them together to make it one word because word of the year, you're only supposed to choose one, but the less more, it was just right for me. As I move forward, I can think less of the chaos, more of the focus, less of the stuff, more of the intention. And so I actually kind of broke the rule, but I squished it together. And because I'm an entrepreneur, I can bend the rules, right? (laughs) We just don't break laws, bend the rules, don't break laws. And I could go on and on for that. Less stuff, more intention, less fluff, more results. Like the word less and more just worked so well in my brain that that is what I'm going to use going into 2020. Now, as this podcast episode is coming to an end, I just want to go over the five parts of your yearly review, the good the bad review so that you can do this. Stop what you're doing. Take five minutes and just be kind to yourself and rewind so you can truly see the rock star that you are. Number one, write down where you were a year ago. Number two, write down the three things that make you sick looking back on. Number three, write down the three good things that you are proud that you accomplished. Number four, go back through 
the six things, three good, three bad, and write down the lessons learned. And then number five, pick your word of the year. Then when you're done with this, I would love to hear what you chose as your word of the year. So you can either leave it in the rating and review section if you are on iTunes, or you can shoot me a direct message. I would love to hear what your focus is going into 2020, as I know it is going to be your year. All right, I'll talk to you next week. Oh, that was so much fun. Thank you so much for listening to Because I Can podcast. If you haven't already downloaded the Because I Can bundle, then head over to allisonjprince.com forward slash bundle. The only place you can get access to your personalized bundle. So head over there now and download it. I look forward to you joining next time on the Because I Can podcast. We'll see you then.